What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Mr. Troy Roberts. Hey David. What's going on? Well, I'm here in uh, Tribeca um, with my son, 22-year-old son who's doing remote um, from his, uh, from college. Wow. And um, and two dogs, and it's been, been it's been a test. Um, I tried helping him, but uh, he informed me that I went to UC Berkeley in the late 1900s, and so I don't know much about modern day. And so we have been uh, trying to get through this, and we haven't killed each other yet. But uh, are you, is there any part of you that has, you know, adjusted and like loving? Because I have like a, you know, like we were just talking before I went on air. I used to be, you know, the boy that was out like seven nights a week. I needed my martini. And like, there's a part of me that's like loving this being at home. I mean, I'm not loving what's going on in the world, but I've really adjusted to like, okay, today's another day where I'm just not going to leave the house. Um, You know the phrase, there's no place like home. Yeah. Not true. You're ready to get out and about. Yeah. No, I I moved to New York City because I like people. I like the energy. I know. Um, I I enjoyed the theater. I enjoy going out occasionally to bars. Um, I miss the, you know, like Alan Cummings' great place in the East Village. That was fun. Club Cumming. So yeah, good. Small, it was a small place, and I can't imagine that you know, that would be a place that we can go to anytime soon. But no, um, yeah, the, the, the phrase, there's no place like home, is a lie. <laughs> I get it. Well, you know what it is? I should rephrase that. Like, I've said this before. Like, if I didn't have this job and I wasn't doing this all day, yes, I would be like, I can't imagine... Like, this podcast and this job have, like, basically saved me from I don't even know why. Well, you know, my, my show Killer Motive saved me um, because we were supposed to start shooting last March, and, of course, all hell broke loose. And so it was pushed to July, and we started working, sh- shooting 10 episodes. And so I was flying all around the country, Um working and uh, it was extremely challenging we had you know we followed all the safety protocols right but it was you know at least i was moving and and doing what i love to do but it was um it, it was challenging you know when, when you arrive on on set and 
you're escorted, you know, you're, the temperature is taken and you're escorted to a room and you, you sit in a room and you're brought to set uh, when your interview subject arrives and everyone's masked up and I, I take off my mask for the interview and after I finish the interview, I'm taken back to my room. And so um, it was kind of isolating in a way. And, you know, what I enjoy a lot is getting to know the crew and after a long day of shooting to have dinner and drinks with the crew and getting to know them. And that didn't happen. So there was that kind of like isolation. So, um, I mean, so many people have, have, have suffered greatly. And so I, I feel kind of strange even saying that that was a problem. But uh, for me, uh, just the isolation. But um, it, was, uh, it, it was a challenging but rewarding experience. I get it. I'm such a social person. Like, people were taking bets against me when this whole thing started. I'm like, listen, it's a global pandemic. Like, I know how to follow the rules. But it's great to know that I have a group of friends where, you know, I was the one that everyone's money was against because I'm a totally very social person, too. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with Killer Motive for Oxygen? How did that come about? Well, I, uh, I was working with NBC uh, on a Dateline um, show. I, uh, for some reason, I, I, I had this hunch that, that there was something interesting about the John Hinckley Jr. story. Um, and who, who attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan. It's, right. it's weird how things come to me, but... Um, I, I uh, hired a researcher to do the story, um, and he uh, went down to Washington, D.C. and uncovered the diaries that John Hinckley uh, kept from the time he was arrested that night uh, for attempting to kill uh, President Reagan through the end of uh, of the trial where he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. And it, I, 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 I started thinking about him because I, I grew up in Los Angeles. And when I, uh, when I took the SATs, um, I, I sat next to Jody Foster, who went to Lelice Francais, a super smart and talented actress. And she was the first person to finish. And I started thinking about that after I dropped my son off to take his SATs. And I gave him the usual drill. Don't worry if someone finishes before you, blah, blah, blah. And I started like rewinding like my experience. And so I started thinking about John Hinckley, who's free now and living in Virginia with his mother and so i i brought this idea it's it's so funny how i work my mind works i have like nuggets of ideas and i start fleshing them out and so i i took it to uh david corvo who's the head of dateline and we started kicking around ideas and then i ended up at uh, peacock productions after i did the john hankley story and then I started working with Rod Issa and, and uh, Stephanie Steele at NBC to kick around ideas uh, for a show. So it's, it's kind of funny how television works. It's like, you know, you, you begin with a nugget of an idea and you move it forward. And, you know, development is so hard. My, my uh, friend, producer, Liza Persky, warned me that development is like planning a big trip you're never going to take. And so, you know, you have some great ideas and you push forward and some, like, you know, fall by the wayside, others land. And that's the chance you take. Uh, totally. 
you know? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, you think you have a great idea and then it moves forward and it falls back. And, you know, you go into, I don't know what production meetings are kind of funny now because it's all over Zoom. And But, you know, you go into a room and you pitch an idea and and then they say, you know what's working for us right now is a dermatologist who pops pimples. Right. And they say, like, well, what you got? And I go, well, I have nothing, like, in that vein. Or the, uh, you know, I, I have an orthopedist. You know, what's working for us is an orthopedist who works on jacked up feet. You know, it's right. like, and, and you go, like, I, I have, I, I have nothing for you. So... Um, and anyway, I, I, I'm very happy to have landed um, with the folks at Oxygen. Uh, they're smart, they're empathetic, and, and, and uh, I love them. So basically, you're telling me that if you weren't sitting next to Jodie Foster when you took that SATs, we may <laughs> not have Killer Motive on Oxygen right now today? Well, in a wide way... <laughs> I mean, listen, there's worse things than, I mean, how are you able to concentrate on the SATs? Like, I mean, Jodie Foster, I'm a huge Jodie Foster fan. And yeah, she's brilliant. So I'm, assu- I'm sure she was the first one that was finished. She was the first person who finished. That does not shock me. <laughs> in, in, incredible, uh, talented uh, woman. Um, but, you know, it was so weird. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles uh, and I dabbled in bad televisions. And so there was, um, you know, it was kind of like a weird world where, you know, like Helen Hunt went to my school. And that's actually why I started dabbling in television because Helen Hunt, uh, she was a grade below me. And she she got a job on the Swiss Family Robinson. Mm. And I remember watching that show because like Helen disappeared for months on end. I was like, where's Helen? Where's Helen? Well, she's working on Swiss Family Robinson. And I looked at the show and I saw the set and I went to my, I said to myself, I want to do that. I mean, that's cool. Look at that set that she's working on. And so that's how I uh, jumped into TV. I, I set my own eight by tens out to every agency and I was, I, I I wanted to get into to television, and I think I turned uh, thirteen. I landed the job on. I mean, I did commercials first, but I landed a job on Six Million Dollar Man. Um, when I turned thirteen, uh, shooting that, and wow. I looked. I mean, and I did like you know after school specials, and I ate a lot of hamburgers and spit them out off camera and spit buckets and that's how i started wow but um what what was helen hunt like as a high school student she well you know she just like jody very determined and focused um and and clearly talented uh, you know you you recognize people that are focused and talented and have their stuff together. Totally. And, you know, I I think child actors get a a bad rap, but, you know, what I learned, and I mean, I wasn't great, but I worked, but um, I I learned about discipline, showing up on time, knowing my lines, knowing how to hit the mark, how how to work successfully with adults, and I, I think it, uh, it served me well. And when I got to college, I wanted to marry that skill of learning on-camera work with writing, which was my passion. And so that's, that's what I, uh, I did at school. Were you, what attracted you? And like, will you talk about the, you came up with the idea for Killer Motive. I mean, was it just, like you said, like John Hinckley, the fact that, you know, like this is a true crime. There's so many true crime shows out there, but this really focuses on kind of like the psychology and really the motive behind someone's actions. Is that 
really what attracted you and like, oh, wait, we really haven't seen this in a crime show before, a true crime show. You know what's always attracted me because there's, there's so much content out there is something that's unique, a story that hasn't been told before, which is so hard. I mean, right. when, I, when I grew up in the, in the business, we had three channels. Yeah, and I, I worked at Forty Eight Hours for nineteen years. I was at CBS for twenty six, and there was nothing else like it. And then twenty twenty uh, started doing more true crime, and then Dateline. And my desire is to tell stories that haven't been told before, and. It's really, really challenging. It I'm, is. I'm struggling now uh, trying to find stories that I haven't been told before. Are you involved? I mean, how involved are you in, you know, choosing the cases that we see? You know, I mean, these are like gruesome cases. Like, are you involved in like saying, you know, pass or no? Like, or do you have a say in kind of what's chosen? Yes, there, there's a discussion. I mean, there's a planning unit and there's a discussion of what works and what doesn't. It, it, you know, you read something on paper, you go, wow, this is an unbelievable story. But you also have to understand whether there is picture to cover it. It's not, you know, like I don't work for newspaper. It's like, is there a picture to cover it? Are the people willing to talk can they talk well um there there's so many different factors in 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 booking a story and so it's uh, you know so many times you go out in the field and you go gosh this is a great newspaper story but it's not a great television story and, that makes sense you know what about, you know, like through everything you've seen through this show, like, is there one case, you know, like through the season one now we're in season two, like, is there one case that kind of stands out as like, wow, you know what I mean? Just like the most insane or sick, like however you want to refer to it. I mean, I know they're all kind of out there, but like, is there one that stands out to you? You know, you know, it's what's difficult is that, um, I, I parachute into people's lives when they're broken. Right. And they're kind enough to open their doors and open up their hearts um, and, and talk to me. And so it's like, I'm not going through it. They are. And so you're there and, and, and you shoot the story and you bring crew and lights and cameras and they are so kind to tell their story. And then at the end of the day, when you say goodbye, you can't fix it, you know? Um, right. As a human being, as a human being, you want to make them feel better. You can't do that. So, um, I, I did a story last year on uh, Savannah Graywin. This is a 19-year-old uh, girl who's pregnant, nine months pregnant, and she went upstairs in her apartment complex to help this woman who killed her and did a crude cesarean section on her and took the baby. It was a fetal abduction, and they put her body... Um, and hauled out a bureau and tossed into a river. And I had to, the baby survived. I got to meet the baby. But I just remember um, meeting her parents and her father I mean, she was daddy's little girl. I I I I could just see, even like, you know, a year had passed and I could see that this man was so tortured. And and you want to, what do you say? Right. 
I mean, there's how nothing. Do you, how do you make say. how do you make someone feel better? That's the hard part of the job. And again, I'm not going through it. It's not not me. Right. But, um, that's those are the moments that stay with you. Do you ever find it where, you know, because I imagine you provide some relief, you know, like that's not your job, but just by being there, do you ever find that people then, I don't know if overstep is the right word, but you know, just that they feel comfort in you. And then the next thing you know, you know, like they want to keep in touch with you. Like you kind of have given them a moment to tell their story. Like, I think that's a fine line sometimes that could be blurred. I think for some people it's cathartic. Right. To just get it out there, to just release it. And I I think, you know, they want to do something to help memorialize their lost loved one. And they want to make, hopefully, try to find justice. Um, I'm not quite sure the motivation for all of them. Um, But I I am grateful that they want to to tell their stories in a a way that's not sensationalized, that's accurate. And it's, uh, it's, it's challenging for me. And and I, I, I guess the way I get through it is I compartmentalize. Right. Um, a, a lot of it. Um, but you know, I, I still stay in touch with a lot of people. Um, you know, it's so, it's so interesting. I was thinking earlier that, you know, I, I was the first person to get, uh, Robert Chambers, the preppy killer, his oh, wow. interview when he was released from prison and uh... seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week the excitement never ends Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I spent a lot of time. We, we flew him from prison. We flew him on a private plane to, uh, to outside of Washington, D.C. at a hotel. And I, I spent a lot of time with Robert and his family. And... And uh, he, he got in, into trouble again. He was, his, you know, he has his substance abuse issues. Right. And landed back in prison. But um, I, I bonded with his mother. And for four, yeah, I think four Christmas Eves, we, we spent, I spent that with his mother and my son and friends. Um, wow. Mrs. Chambers is was, was a lovely woman. And uh, we fell out of touch recently. Um, but um, those are the kind of relationships that you keep, you know? What about, because, you know, you've seen, I mean, the things we see on this show, Killer Motive, it, like, does anything shock you? You know, you did this before, like, for CBS, you know, morning news, evening news, 48 hours, like you said, like, are you the type that you still get shocked at? what people are capable of or now you're just, you've kind of seen it all and none of it shocks you anymore. 
I guess for me, and I, and I think for our viewers and, and people that are interested in, in the true crime space, is that how normal the killers are. They're not frothing at the mouth. Their eyes aren't spinning in their heads. And so, you know, I, I, I've met and shaken hands and eaten with cold-blooded killers, and that could be the person sitting next to you on the subway or the bus. Right. And I, I think for me, that's chilling. You know, you're given all this information about this person you're about to interview, and they are cold blooded killers but they look like you and me and I wouldn't be able to identify them as sociopaths or psychopaths if I pass them on the street and I think that's what's chilling for me that you don't know yeah that is chilling yeah Yeah. completely what about, you know, because you mentioned you eat dinner and you meet these people, you fly them out on planes. Like, have you, you know, I have to think that one-on-one when you're, you know, doing your job and getting to know these people, I imagine, like, how hard or easy is it for you to see, like, a human side to them? You know, like, you get to know someone, you hear their story, like, do you find that or no? It's just that's not your job, just remain neutral. I think a common question I ask is, what happened? Why are you here? When you meet someone in prison, convicted of savage crimes, you, you always, at least I do, ask, like, why? What, what happened in your past? What, what was it? And I ask that that question frequently because I'm curious, because, you know, I've met people that are educated and grow up in decent homes and they just somehow lose their way. And I I, I find that um, interesting in the storytelling. I, I think that's what's part of this. That's what's interesting about the series is it's not so much about the savage act of killing right. someone. It's about the journey on what, what drove someone to murder. Why? Yeah, that's why I find this show so interesting also. I mean, like, it's in the title. It really focuses on the motive. Yeah. Do you find that there's a common theme among, you know, because like, look, there's different motives for everything, like passion, greed, vengeance, jealousy. Do you find when you ask why of these people that have, you know, have have committed these heinous crimes, like, is there one thing like overarching theme that is always usually the answer or part of the story of why? Um, I would say greed. Greed and, and jealousy. It's amazing how cheap someone's life is uh, to someone who's desperate. I mean, it, it's incredible that people are murdered over nothing, like no money. Right. And also vengeance, too. And, you know, what's also incredible is that uh, the steps people take to carry out murders. I, I, you know, I have a show coming up uh, next Saturday on uh, Caitlin Conley. She was 19 years old and sentenced to 23, 23 years for the death of her ex-boyfriend's mother. And she was on and off with her boyfriend. I mean, it was like, you know, to me... It's like a kid's kind of like nonsense where, you know, you're fighting with your boyfriend, you're back together and she wanted to hurt him. And she researched, uh, she created a, an email and, and her boyfriend's name and researched a poison and bought a poison and, and killed 
the boyfriend's six-year-old mother by putting poison in a shake of hers. And wow. she, she was there at the funeral, and it was just insane to me. And, and she, you know, this 19-year-old girl who uh, actually found out the, the, the boyfriend's mother's weight so she could make sure that she put in the exact amount of poison in the shake to kill her. This is my team. Yeah. I mean, it was insane to me. It was That's... I mean, to go to those lengths to carry out this kind of murder, at, I mean, and, and again, at such a young age. So what about, you know, like taking it a step further when you ask, like, you know, like you mentioned, like a lot of these people are from good families, you know, like when you ask, like, what, like what happened? You know what I mean? Like, do you get a common answer with that? Like almost like what went wrong in life? You know what I mean? Like, is it a psychotic break? Is it like what, you know, like do people say, yeah, I just had a bad day, you know what I mean? Or is it much <laughs> deeper? I mean, really, because like, you know, we all have moments. I mean, I think COVID and the world and everything now, like people are on edge, but they're not going out you know, and committing these heinous crimes. Like, do you see a trend when people are like, yeah, this is kind of what led me to this after, you know, a normal upbringing, so to speak? I, I wish I could say there was a universal answer to that question. I, I, I don't know. It's, um, you know, everyone has their own stories to tell about how, why they're damaged. Um, it's it's perplexing to me, and I think that's why people that are interested in true crime watch, because there's no answer to it, you know? Um, I, I, I think people are, people are suffering from mental illness and not getting treatment, and oftentimes there isn't treatment available. You can't treat uh, many psychopaths and sociopaths. Right. Uh, and it's, um, the, the thing is, it's a mystery. And I think that's what keeps people glued to their seats. I would think so too. What about, I mean, I have friends that like are addicted to these shows and this is all they watch night and day. What about, do you feel, cause maybe this is just me. It's like, you've studied it way more than me, but I joke all the time that like, I think in 2021, like, okay, fine. Not everyone wants to go kill someone, but like, I just feel like the digital footprint is everywhere these days. Like you can't get away with anything. I mean, is that true? Or do you find, you know, having studied this, like, do people get away with these things? Like, do you do a lot of like the unsolved things? Or do you find most of these cases are ultimately solved? Because I just assume they're all solved just because of, you know, you, you watch these shows and you're like, God, well, that's like the most minute thing. And that's what led them to the killer. Well, for our show, it's the cases are all adjudicated. Right. They're not um, unsolved mysteries. Right. But actually, David, that might be an idea. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just, try, I'm just here to, to, help. Re, to reboot ourselves. I'm just um, here to, you know, cause yeah. I mean, yeah, like I know that cause I've watched your show, like everything is solved. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, just cause I know you've interviewed a lot of different people like throughout your time at like CBS and 48 hours. I don't know. I just assume in today's day and age, like everything seems to be, are you ever amazed at the cases? Like when you dive into them, you know, like you and I are not in law enforcement or any like special bureau, but like, man, like the people that are like, they're just, they solve I and mean, everything yeah, you get caught. Like, are you ever amazed at like just how? Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I don't know if dumb is the right word, but you know, like you look at people who make like one stupid mistake and that was how they were caught. Well, you know what, what's interesting is that I, I find this in metropolises and small little towns is that many of the killers think they're smarter than the investigators. Right. And that arrogance leads many of them to their downfall um, and prosecution. It's, it's, I, I find that a common thing right. that there are people who watch uh, dramatized movies and television shows on how to get away with murder. And they don't, they don't know what they're doing. And they they and they're incredibly arrogant and believe they're going to outsmart the investigators. And in many cases, that's not true. So, I, I particularly in this season, that seems to be the running theme: is that uh, sociopaths or psychopaths can can be overconfident and believe that they're smarter than the investigators, even in small towns. Um, it, I, I did a story, I was in small town, Snellville, Georgia, where this uh, woman killed her daughter-in-law who was involved in a nasty cussing dispute with her son. And the mother thought that the daughter-in-law was going to take full custody of her grandchild. And she donned a wig and a mustache, this tiny woman, and killed her daughter-in-law in the parking lot um, with the child in the car and thought she was going to get away with it. Wow. And um, it was just so ridiculous. And you know, she was busted. But I was looking at the uh, police interviews and she was so arrogant and believed she was going to outsmart the detectives and she kept on burying herself for every time she opened her mouth. So it's like, I, I think that trips people up, the arrogance. Uh, that makes sense to me, and especially like right when you get into like the definition of like a sociopath or right, there is that arrogance. What about why do you think a show like Killer Motive is so popular? Like, is it, you know, just people's fascination with not being able to look away from a train wreck? Does it make people feel some comfort, like watching and seeing how, I, I, I'm not sure, I'm not, why? I, I, I think it goes to the title. It's that's the, the question is why, and that's the question I've asked many killers: is why? Why are you here? You know, over five thousand bucks, you're going to kill someone. Over a right. custody dispute, you're going to kill someone. Uh, um, I. I, I I, I don't know how people lose their way where they believe that the only answer is murder. And I mean, there are crimes of passion, of course, um, but many of our cases are deliberate, uh, well thought out. Um, this isn't someone who gets into an argument. Most of our stories are not about someone who gets into an argument at a bar and like grabs a gun or takes right. a beer bottle and kills someone. These are, these are crimes that are carefully thought out and planned. And I, I would say the majority of the cases are driven by greed, but there's a lot of jealousy um, resentment uh, and 
ends up in, 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 a, in a horrible, horrible situation for everyone involved. Do you think, like, from doing this job, like this show and, like, your past, do you think, you know, because you started by saying, like, you know, you don't really know who's amongst your group of friends. Like, do you feel you've gained skills in recognizing certain patterns just in your dealings with human beings? <laughs> I keep on thinking, I don't know if I have the phrase right, but Maya Angelou used to say, would say, if you see crazy walking down the street towards you, cross the street. Right. So, uh, it's something like that. Um, and I, that's true. It's true. And what, I, what I've taught my son is another, you know, what is the other popular phrase? And again, I'm not this is not verbatim, is like people tell you who they are and you've got to believe them the first time. So um, those are the things that, that I teach him. Um, you, know, you know, unfortunately, does it make me, has my life in true crime made me a little paranoid and careful? Yeah. But I'm talking to you right now. Right. So, uh, right. No, I mean, you know, I would just think, you know, you just have to wonder, you know, like if you've developed these skills over the years. What about you? Are you nervous when you walk? I mean, it's funny because I, I'm the type of person who I am very easygoing. Like I, it's almost impossible. I don't get upset like but you know if you draw if you come at me I, i'm a new yorker and you're i will i will come back at you you know like if you're in my face screaming like you know i pushed you in line or something i'll scream back at you but i'm more cognizant of that now so i would say i'm way more scared like in the past year or two than i was when i was younger that you just don't know you know it's a fine line between like you want to stick up for yourself if someone starts going off on you and yet yeah this person could pull out a gun you truly just don't know so i'm more scared i think than i was in like a different world you know maybe five years ago even three years ago i feel like people are on edge a lot these days did you see the video of that murder suicide in pennsylvania over someone shoveling snow in another person's property. No, but I think I heard about this. Same. Over shoveling snow. People are just on edge. Yeah. Right. They they right. just got in a fight at like a like a neighborhood fight. Yeah. Right. So then that's the thing. So now it's like, I don't know. Like if you get in my face and scream at me, I'm probably just gonna walk away now. You know, like you win. I, 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 I lose. Fine. Let's just move on. Yeah. But you know, like I don't walk around scared, but you know, it just, you watch shows like killer motive and then you're like, Oh, okay. You know, I don't think there's anyone that has any motive to want to off me, but you just don't know, you know, like you said, like sometimes it's over like a thousand dollars or something insane. Right. Do you watch, like, were you, do you watch a lot of TV, like, yourself? Like, are you into, like, the procedural, you know, like, SVU and, like, all of that? Like, are, do you, are you a TV person? I, I am to, to some degree. Um, but because I live it and breathe it and eat it, I, I, I kind of limit myself. Right. Um, and I, it's uh and also it's kind of overwhelming now right um with all the streaming i i I don't know what (laughs) happened maybe you can help me but i i it's so hard to uh to identify things that are worth my time because there's so much out there um but no there's so much good work um Jason Blum has, has done some great work in this space. And I, uh, 
and the folks, of course, at NBC and, and CBS and ABC uh, have done some great work. But it's um, to, to find unique stories that, you know, it's not just the shock value. You, you also want to say something. Right. Important. And uh, hopefully that we're achieving that with Killer Motive. And what about not to bring it, you know, before we close out, like not to bring it all the way back to Jodie Foster, but, you know, you mentioned her, like you think, like, you know, not all killers are foaming at the mouth. Like you think like Silence of the Lambs, like these people that are just so unhinged. But you're right. Like, I guess it's just, it's not that complicated. It's just people amongst her daily life. Yeah, it's... um you know what i what i find interesting is the psychology yeah that's that's what i find it, interesting it is the psychology behind it all and um and and what drives people to murder and and believe that that's the only way out or how to resolve their differences um that's what I I find interesting about this. I mean, let, let's be real. There's a lot of evil in this world, um, but what pushes someone to go to that extreme? Right. And what's the motive behind it? Um, you know, for us, it's like, you know, that... Some some stupid slight, you just like you know, brush it off your shoulder and move on. Yeah. And for some people, that's a motive for murder. What do you want people who watch this show? Like, what do you hope they take away from it? It's mm. a good question. I I want people to try again to go back to the psychology to I, I want to take people on on a journey and it, it's not about the horrific act it's not about someone being shot it's a, it's about the the journey I'm going to lead them on the journey and try to get inside the mind of a killer. And maybe that might give some people some insight into murder. I think that's a good takeaway. When do you find out about season three? I mean, I think the show's going very well this season. Well, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, I would love, I would love for an additional season. I love the people at, at Oxygen and, and also at the production company and the producers and crew. I have to tell you, it was, uh, it was challenging. I mean, I've been through, I've worked through 9-11 and been arrested and have guns pointed at my head. And I've, I've been through it. Um, but this was challenging shooting, uh, 10 episodes during a pandemic and everyone rose to the occasion. Um, and we did it. And, uh, is this the most challenging thing you faced in your career? Co filming during COVID? Um, it, it was challenging yes it was challenging i i i would say the most challenge work-wise the most challenging was uh 9-11 because i was I, I i live in lower manhattan and i was one of the first correspondents to be at the twin towers um after the first plane flew in to the south tower and, wow um I was there, we were waiting for a crew, and the second plane flew in. And I, I ran, I had to run 
from the towers and the crew finally arrived and the, the thing was what was so challenging is, is that I couldn't go home. I had to work. That was my job. Right. After like seeing people seeing that horrible thing and people jumping from the buildings and being covered with debris, I had my job was to work it and to cover the story. Right. And I had to continue covering the story, like, you know, for days. So um, the the thing is, though, that was, there was, we we knew that that crisis was going to come to an end. And with the pandemic, um, it's just ongoing. So. Right. That's, I would agree. That's challenging. Is there anything else you want to leave us with before we wrap up? Anything I haven't covered? For anyone who's listening who's not watching Killer Motive on Oxygen, they should be. It's a great freaking show. Anything uh, else you want to leave us with? I, I think it's, you know what? I, I think if, if you're really, if you have an appetite for true crime, this is the, the, the show for you. Um, it's, uh, I'll, I'll take you on a journey. Uh, that you've never been on before. I agree. I mean, I, I I agree. And to me, from someone who watches a lot of true crime shows, this is, I think this is different than anything I've seen. So I'm loving it. I will keep watching. I think everyone listening should keep watching. You do feel like you're going on a journey. And I think you just, you learn more about what's going on in people's minds. It's a great show. David, thank you so much. You're great. Thank you for taking your time. Enjoy your time in and we will speak soon. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you online? I think you're best on Twitter. You're easiest on, on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. I, I'm a little allergic to social media, but... Um, There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> I don't... I, you know, it's so dangerous. It's like one word and I know... I agree. I have a glass of Cabernet and like, so I just step away. Stay in my lane. I don't blame you. Well, thank you so much. Everyone should follow you on Twitter and keep in touch. And I will be watching. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.